the self-compassion, the self-love is, is not the first habit that we are taught. We learn to focus on the flaws. We learn to focus on the not enoughness, but we are, you are so powerful. So once you focus all that perfectionism energy into these techniques, into softening, into the and, it can get better. It starts to get better. It starts to get a little bit easier. Welcome to the HTW Podcast, where your hosts, Erica Huss and Zoe Sekoudis, founders of Blueprint Cleanse, the iconic juice brand that sparked a multi-billion dollar category. We bootstrapped, scaled, and sold, and now we're moving on. We stepped away from the juicer and into the sound studio to talk about this rapidly evolving world of wellness. We'll sit down with wellness experts and entrepreneurs for candid conversations and tales from the trenches, how they got their start, how they turned their ailments into ideas, and what they've learned along the way. And we'll bring you news, updates, and our unsolicited opinions on everything we discover in sickness and in wealth. Located at the intersection of wellness and business, H2W is your navigator on the bumpy highway to well. Hey, Erica. Hey, Zoe. Well, I was like a little bit on delay in my in my head. Like you couldn't hear me? No, like I heard you and then it took a minute for it to respond from my brain to my mouth. Oh, like your brain's just slow today. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm doing quite well. How are yeah. you? So you got your tea. Got my tea. Got my licorice tea. Your licorice it's tea. It's got a little message on it. What does it say? It says, think seriously and think honestly. What? That's kind of bullshit. That's lame. Who said it? Yogi. Okay, whatever. <laughs> Yogi T said it. You know, it's like Yogi came up with their own on that one. They're like, we can't. Yeah, use, they're not even attributing that. To we anyone. can't use Rumi again. <laughs> That's not even a thing. Think seriously and think honestly. I mean, I've had a couple of good ones where I was actually tempted at one point to take a picture of it and post it to my Instagram, and then I was like, I'm not going to be that person. You're not going to live out loud through no, your tea bags. No, I'm not. Because <laughs> then I would be a d bag. <laughs> well done. Thank you. Thank mm-hmm. you. I actually thought about coming up with a line of. Tea bags called D bags. Oh, I remember just, we talked about yeah, this and having to, like nasty messages to combat not, not nasty, but just kind of poking a little fun yeah. at these like more you know inspiring right. tea bag messages, right? Like you know. drink wisely and poop freely, right? <laughs> or just like why are you even drinking this tea? You know you want a bloody mary. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I did. Tea bags. So um, okay, so we had some fun recently. We did. It was really fun. We had our first. First ever live pod event. It, it was, was so much fun. Yeah, we did. Um, we did this Lululemon Kimberly Snyder partnership event. Yeah, uh, evening where we well, we it was to announce the launch of Kimberly's book. Right. So we interviewed Kimberly Snyder, who has a book that just came out called "Perfectly Imperfect Life." Yes, she's a nutritionist. She's worked with a ton of celebrities. She's traveled the world. Mm-hmm. Put her experience into... I think this is her third book. Yeah. She had like the, the beauty detox mm-hmm. diet or something like yeah. that. She's, she's had a couple. Um, but this is by far the most personal. Yes. And it's, it reads more of a, as a like self-care book with yeah. like a ton of recipes in it. Yeah. Good. Some good recipes. There's some stuff I kind of cracked into over the weekend already. But the event was super fun. It was... We had a great turnout. It was at the Lululemon. There's an event space underneath the Lululemon store here in New York on Fifth Avenue, um, their flagship store. Yeah. In Flatiron. It's called Hub 17 is the name of the event space. And it's beautiful. It's a community space. It's open to like anyone. Like literally, you could just walk into that Lululemon, go downstairs, set up your laptop and just 
do your work. It's kind of like a free we work or whatever. It's amazing. I we, we had no idea that it even existed. And then there we were with an amazing we turnout, drinking dry farm wine. Yeah. Talking yeah, to Kimberly Snyder. It was lovely. It was yeah. like a great group of women. Everybody was super excited to to meet Kimberly. And when they actually got to participate and, you know, interact with us, we it was it was it was nice. And the the wines were good and there were some snacks and it was just like an all around good time. It was a good time. Friday night party. Yeah, it was a nice way to spend my Friday night. Um, and the audience was super sweet and had like yeah. lots of good questions. And we'll listen to a few of them. We won't get them all. but And then before we started the interview, we actually led with a little silent meditation for everyone in the room, which was really kind of a nice way to start it. You know, started out. It was cool. It yeah. definitely felt like it shifted the energy in yeah. the room. We will not be playing that part of no, the podcast interview <laughs> on this because you. you don't need to sit and listen to 15 minutes of dead air. Of but... me just like breathing into the mic. <sighs> Although, exhale. you know, for all the breathing problems you've been having lately, maybe oh, it's God. good uh, exercise. Me and my diaphragm. That's going to be my next book. That's, yeah. That's... <laughs> me, my deadbeat diaphragm. <laughs> And I don't mean the kind that you she's, stick up your Jenny. I mean the one that helps you breathe. She's come unhinged. <laughs> um, anyway, so this is a good one. It's fun doing it live. I think we, we, we're going to try and do a lot more of these because yeah. they're super engaging. And We got to uh, take this shit on the road. Yeah. Or just like, you know. And by the road, I just mean like Union Square. Like all the boroughs. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we went to Brooklyn, Queens, Manhattan, <laughs> Staten Island. Here we come, Newark. So, all right. Shall we have a listen? Let's do so. Wellness has become very trendy and very popular, which I think is wonderful. But unfortunately, I also see more anxiety and more disconnection from our bodies. I see more trying to put this perfect image up, whether it's to our work friends or colleagues or Instagram or whatever it is. So I wrote this book really from that waking up and, and questioning and, and asking myself, what do I really want to focus on? What are, what are we here for? So this book is one of the, the products of that healing space. This is also the first book I've written since becoming a new mom and really having a more messy, perfectly imperfect life than ever. So, so thank you guys. It's community, being here together, being really real, being authentic, and letting ourselves be seen. I'm interested to just know a little bit more of your backstory. Backstory to this book or in general? Just in general. Oh, sure. Kind of like how where you arrived in this world of wellness. It goes back, I think about the roots. I think as a, as a child... The number one thing I always said I wanted to be when I grew up was a scientist. I was always interested in biology. I've always been a nature girl. Um, when I went into college, I was pre-med. I was interested in becoming a doctor. And then I ended up interning in a hospital one summer and it just I didn't vibe with it. So I went in a different pathway, but along the way, as many of you may know, I ended up partying a lot, gaining a bunch of weight, drank a lot of beer, had a lot of acne, had a lot of bloating, had a lot of issues, digestive issues. Um, so I had moved to, to Sydney after college and I was working there for a year. And at that point, I, had, I met with a nutritionist and she was the first person to really tell me about digestion and to connect my bloating and my weight gain with my poor digestion. So I was really interested in learning more. 
Long story short, I ended up traveling, um, was meant to be two weeks, <laughs> ended up being three years <laughs> around the world, backpacking in Africa for seven months and Asia for 18 months, and really just blowing my mind open, being a complete sponge for not just health and wellness, but a completely different perspective of beauty. So just a lot less rigidity, a lot more um, authenticity, a lot more of a holistic approach. And so that those three years were my, I think my real training, even though I did do more formal training and nutrition and learning, and I've continued to study Ayurveda and so on. But those three years gave me a break from my mindset, mm-hmm. which had been so immersed. I think for all of us, we get into a Western, uh, you know, very uh, media-focused uh, mindset, what we see, what we're told. I tried every diet. I tried calorie counting. I tried everything. What year was this? Oh my God, like so bad with years. Uh, 2005. Okay. okay. Yeah. I like to put everything in perspective. Like, where were we like in terms of like social, social media? media and, 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 no, this was like, before, um, the, yeah. this was before Instagram. And right. I think, you know, now I think about uh, young, young girls that are growing up, they're 12, 13, 14, growing up on Instagram and having so much of that compare and yeah. despair mentality. And, you know, we didn't have that. It's super no, tough. No, we feel like it was bad enough for us comparing ourselves when we were reading whatever it was, like Magazines. Us Weekly and all of right. that. Yes. But now it's just exponentially so much more intense. So I think that was a huge part, just having that break. And then I came back and I just started this free blog. And it was, again, just really from my heart. And everything just grew from there. I, my second television segment was Good Morning America. And then Elle and Vogue and different magazines were coming to me to write. And my first celebrity client came. And then it just was very much, it was very organic. Mm-hmm. I don't own a TV. Uh, I don't, I'm not so on top of celebrity culture all the time. So there was a point where I wondered why I became this celebrity nutritionist. But I think, uh, you know, this kind of thought, I call them downloads when I'm meditating and they come in. The servant doesn't dictate how to serve, meaning we go where we're meant to go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe I was just, anyways, that's how my path unfolded. I ended up moving to LA and we opened a juice shop uh, on Melrose and now it's in the Four Seasons and my home is now LA. My son was born there. So that's sort of the simplified, I mean, a million things have happened along the way, but that's sort of the... Yeah. The pathway and everything's expanded. I think it's funny that, so a little bit of background, which we didn't necessarily provide, but Zoe and I, we founded Blueprint Cleanse. So we we were way back in the early days of the juice kind of, I mean, we were the first of the the juice people. And I think it's funny to hear you say- (laughs) Of the juice people. Of the juice people. Like you were a TV, like a media person who didn't have a TV. We were juice people who didn't own a juicer. Like the whole (laughs) idea was like, we need to put this out there in a way that makes it easy for everybody, right? And it's like, let's not, you know- Accessibility. Yeah, Yeah. totally. Um, It's kind of funny. So yeah. So the juice bar is still existing. Yeah, in moved locations now, it's inside the Four Seasons- and it's called the Saluna Juice Bar. It, so is it, part is of the it pressed? Is there fiber? Is it blended? So we <laughs> have smoothies and we have cold pressed ah, juice as well. It's all organic. It's all in the Luna. Yes. It's all. That's right. That's yeah. right. The sun and the moon. So that, that's... So, okay. Can we talk about the name Saluna? Yes. Okay. What uh, is the... So this also was one of the, the things that came out of um, what I would call my awakening last year when my mom passed. It, it literally felt like, a, as anyone's a student of, of yoga and knows about the different energies and the goddesses, Durga. Do you, does anybody know about Durga? Mm-hmm. So she, so basically um, in, in yogic and in, in Vedic philosophy, these um, 
these symbols aren't, oh, I, I, you know, Hindus don't necessarily believe in millions of gods. There's one, there's Brahma, but there's different aspects of who we are. And so Durga has eight arms and each arm is a weapon for cutting through delusion. She has a sword for cutting mm. through. She has a bow and arrow to focus. She has a book. Sometimes you need to bring wisdom. She has a lotus leaf. Sometimes you need to bring peace. So it's about our resourcefulness and our true power. When I when this happened so suddenly last year, I felt like this sword, like Durga's sword went right to my heart. And I just looked at everything differently. So part of it was naming my brand Saluna, which is the sun and the moon. So it's the dark and the light. And it's that holism. It's not sunny and bright all the time. And I think when we have that end approach and we're not scared of the dark, so much power is, you know, Carl Jung talks about the shadow. Actually, I talk about it in this book as well. When we're able to look at the shadow, it starts to lose its power. Meaning when we look, we look at the parts of ourselves that we disown, we can really explore and we have inquiry and out of the darkness, seeds are born. We grow, we evolve, things happen. Out of my mom's passing, just this, I feel like my heart chakra has burst open. Um, and so much has come from that, including Saluna, including this new book. So it's about wholeness. Mm -hmm. It's about also um, shamanism, which I'm really interested in, mm -hmm. and connection to nature. So it's a very shamanic perspective of the universe, the sun and the moon and the bodies and the influence of everything in the nature on our bodies as well. That's great. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> it's very inspiring. <laughs> Let's just dig in. And you, yeah. can go where, you can take it wherever you want. Well, I think, I mean, I feel like what I really love about this book is that it really is a common, I mean, the recipes are great. I, I, you know, I'm totally a food person and I love, I love reading cookbooks. I don't care that like there are so many new ways to access information about making food and everybody's got them. You know, there's so many resources. I love reading them. I like the tactile experience. So yes. I loved actually just really digging into all the food in this book. But what I loved even more was just like the whole front half of it is really like, it's all the message. I mean, this That's is, it. is self-help yeah, self is the wrong phrase, but this is really like, it's an inspiration and it's like no, a but, real resource. Yeah, and I, I don't think self-help is a bad word, you know? Okay, I, good. I really <laughs> don't. Like it's in, it's in Barnes and Noble and some it's in the food section and some it's in the self-help section. And I think we should be unapologetic about self-care and taking care of ourselves. And sometimes people are like, oh, self-help. Yeah. But I don't think it's a it's bad It's an antiquated thing. expression, I think. Yeah. Okay, but haven't they changed self Help to self care yet? Self care, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but it's really a support system. So I think that that's. Uh... Well, I, I think for me, the pathway in was food. And I think mm -hmm. for a lot of us, we start our healing journeys with a food because we can see it and it has such an impact. By the way, when you were asking me that the blog actually started, I think it was 20, 2008. Okay. So we were talking about almost like our 10 year anniversary. Yeah. So again, I'm really bad with dates. But again, when I think about over the past decade, how it was about food. And then I got there and I was like, oh, but what about all the anxiety and the, the, the fact that I'm not really feeling good? God, so 2008 then, was like that moment yeah. when the crash happened that everyone, it's like all of this wellness kind of emerged. And I think it was sort of in response to this like cultural the freak out that yeah. was sure, happening where sure. people were just like, okay, yeah, I, I mean, can't depend on anything outside of myself to be well. Right. <laughs> like, yes. So I need to look inward and I need to find tools and I need to, you know, look to people like you and pay a lot of money for expensive Rangers. juices. Because, uh, you know, I mean, it's an investment in yourself, right? When, when your other investments are failing you. 
you know, it's it's true. And it's so funny because I did this um, women, of all things, I've been doing all sorts of different segments, but I did this women's empowerment Yahoo Finance segment today. And it was about how when we really take care of ourselves and we connect to our true value, it actually shows up in our lives in every, every way, mm-hmm. many different ways. So I think it is, of course, a huge investment in ourselves that is worth it because it affects our energy. It affects everything. Um, but as I, these, the funny thing about these books is I'm writing to you guys what I'm teaching myself, like what's mm-hmm. going on in my body. So the Beauty Detox Solution, which was the first book, was all about digestion and my dietary philosophy, which I had just learned. And I wanted to shout from every building, guys, it doesn't have to be that hard. You don't have to do the calorie counting. Right. You could actually work, you could heal your body with eating whole foods, having fiber, learning about some food combining, doing cleansing, all this stuff. It doesn't, because I had so much, like I would say 80% of my thoughts were about, did I eat? enough? Should I eat more? Just my body, am I gaining weight? It was so exhausting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was the first book and it keeps going deeper. I would say the third book, Beauty Detox Power, is the when I really got into yoga and I started talking about chakras and I started to connecting the food, eating for our energy on every level and what real power is, mm-hmm. connecting our thoughts, our words, and our actions and being very aligned because I think a lot of us um, block ourselves all the self-doubt, all the, I want to do this, but in the back of our head, we are really like, no, you can't really do that. So power is really bringing everything together. And then I became a student of Ayurveda and I became very interested going deeper into the wholeness. So I wrote The Radical Beauty with Deepak Chopra, um, who's also a pioneer, or he is a pioneer of Ayurvedic medicine and also the mind-body connection. And then this book, honestly... My personal opinion, I, I think this is the best one mm-hmm. because it does connect, like you guys were saying, the whole, the tools and techniques and changing the thought patterns with the healing foods and with the tools and the recipes and things that you can connect with it as well. You know, I love that you just keep kind of like exploring, <laughs> evolving, you're like now we I'm into never this, now I'm into that. No, and I, I think that's, you know, we were just um, talking about this recently, how, you know, there are a lot of experts or a lot of nutritionists or a lot of wellness people now that we're looking to for guidance. And I think like one of the key things that we have to do, responsibility is to sort of stay on top of the science and constantly explore. Sure. And I feel like that's something that you're doing so well and you're not afraid to kind of like change your perspective and say, hey, I just learned this new thing that I, you know, I, I thought I had the completely like opposite opinion last year. Right. Like well, the garlic and onions. I don't know. Exactly. You know, I mean, Thank that's a great you. example. Yes, let's right? talk about garlic and onions. <laughs> garlic and onions. So it, I look it like breaks it. my heart. Well, and first of all, they're not bad. They have a ton of health properties. So in beauty detox foods, they were my top, my like health, one of my list of the top 50 health foods. Mm-hmm. And Ilva, amazing, one of my best dear friends, photographer, remember we shot the onions and the garlic. So they were like every recipe. And then I became a student of Ayurveda and I learned about the bioenergetics of food. So not just, oh, onions have the, you know, the quercetin and the vitamin E and garlic is really great for cardiovascular health, but how is it affecting our minds and our emotions? And it was really interesting. I did this neurofeedback training where they're measuring your alpha brainwaves, which are slower than beta. And I get this thing, this email saying, at least a week before the training, do not have any onions and garlic. And I was like, interesting. And then they had all this research about how the energy of onions and garlic creates some friction, Mm -hmm. which means you go into faster brain waves, which can mean more agitation, more of a pitta, more fiery, which honestly, 
I don't think any of us need more. I don't need more. No. But it's if you love onions and garlic, then you can cut out some of that agitation in other ways. It's not all or nothing. It's just right. my body type. I just feel yeah. a lot was going on. So I feel calmer, but it's certainly not all or nothing. Well, no, good. but that's so important, right? To point this out. This one eats like apples. I know. I do. Listen, I and, and, if you, and if you feel great with it, like, great. Yeah, no, I think that's actually, that's what's so important here. And this is something we talk about all the time is like, none of this is supposed to be prescriptive. So I so appreciate that. Like, not only are you telling everybody you have to try and see what works for you, but you're also actually like, you're documenting your journey. You're saying like, I'm trying this. It might not work. It might be okay. And once it actually works out, you're here to report on it. And I think, again, to Zoe's point, like it's about the evolution. It's about trying things. And it really is like, it can't be just like listening to one person's advice and saying, okay, I can never eat that thing again because she said so. It's like, you have to just do your experiment and see how you feel. Yeah, exactly. And can I give you guys another example? And this was like, everybody was asking us about it in the Beauty Detox Solution. I talked about avoiding soy. And if, of course, I'm not talking about GMO soy or inorganic or anyone with a soy allergy, but in that, at that time, I was reading all this research and I was like, trypsinogen blockers and it's bad for your thyroid and all this stuff. So there's a whole section. In this book, I have another section on soy and I say, hey, you know what? I continue to do research. And I found that a lot of the stuff about soy was put out by places like the Weston Price Institute, which are actually very pro-animal protein. And the amounts of soy, unless you have a specific condition or again, an allergy or it's inorganic or GMO, which I'm not an advocate for at all, or any of the processed soy, which is all the and all the junk food, you can have some moderate levels of organic soy. I went to Japan last summer and I was in the islands, Ishigaki, which are in the south, uh, around Hiroshima, all these amazing islands. And they're eating cultured, homemade tempeh and tofu. And they're the blue zone. They're some of the healthiest people. So it's the way that we approach mm-hmm. food, like artisanal, organic made soy for people without allergies is okay. And I think we live in that world of like bad, good. You know, everything's like dairy-free, gluten-free, there's no and. Yeah. And I think everybody's body is is different. I do okay with tempeh. There's tempeh recipes in here and some organic tofu. And if some people don't do well with soy at all, they find a reaction, then you don't have it. But I also have tamari. I eat gluten-free um, soy sauce as well. So anyways, that's just an example yeah. that you guys beautifully pointed out that things keep evolving. And it's important that we just stay real and say, you know what? It changed and it yeah. shifted and that's okay. Yeah. I used to be a raw foodist. Now I drink bone broth. What? Shit's <laughs> <laughs> changed. Like, um, yeah. But the journey continues. The journey for all of us. I mean, who knows what's going to happen next I year? Know. I know. Yes. be eating chicken wings. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds delicious. Bucket. So, okay. One thing I really love. I'm going to be like, let me give you some cauliflower wings. <laughs> Um, Yeah, no, that will never happen. Um, One thing that I loved about um, a point that you made was just acknowledging the mess. Because I think that we all have had, you know, more than our fair share of messy moments. And I think that there is, especially among women, not to generalize, but I think everybody can agree, like there is an element of shame, I think, that comes with, you know, acknowledging or even like you can't even get to the acknowledging point. Because the mess in your life, whatever it is, whether it's like nothing is going right one day or one week or however, whatever that moment is for you. So, I mean, can you talk a little bit more about like what that experience could be, I guess, in just kind of saying like, okay, things are... Things are out of whack. That's it. So it goes back to this idea of perfectly imperfect 
there's never a perf- perfect moment in any of our lives. Something is going to go haywire. Things are always a mess to some extent. You may Everything may be tidy at home, but maybe this project is getting out of control at work or you're totally stressed or you got in a fight with your best friend or whatever. So to me, it's saying being comfortable with the mess, which isn't something I was comfortable as a recovering perfectionist, someone that had eating disorders and someone that was... An A minus was like the end of the world and someone that was so intensely scrutinizing of my own body. This has been a huge lesson for me and one that a little bub, my two and a half year old, has been a huge teacher to me. Uh, all the moms here know when you have kids, it gets even more messy. Oh, and it's crazy. He's a, he's a teacher of presence and, and, and love and you know, part of that cutting through. It's not about being perfect. It's just about being more peaceful and being happy. And so if we're trying to get perfect on the outside, it's a huge waste of energy. We're never going to be happy. Our energy just keeps dissipating. It's a recipe for misery, basically. So I think, and this is a huge part of the book, is finding that, again, that connection. We're perfect and we're imperfect. Mm -hmm. And if we're more connected here, then all the stuff on the outside isn't going to have such a dire effect on us where our nervous system is getting shot up and down and our self-esteem and our self-worth is tied to how it looks. And we can relax and we can be more real. And the crazy thing is, when we feel good and we feel more connected to ourselves, we look good too. We actually get better results. Sure. Our system, just like when we relax our shoulders, I say that that's happening on the inside of our bodies, our liver, our GI tract, everything can relax. There is research showing that when we're really rigid and our adrenal system, it's like having the brakes on all the time, it's harder to lose weight. Your face starts to look more lined and heavier and older. But if we can actually let go all around and be joyful and be in the mess and still say, oh, I'm only going to be happy when I lose that, those 10 more pounds. I'm only going to be happy when I find a boyfriend. Mm-hmm. I'm only going to be happy when I get a raise. Whatever it is, we're never going to be happy. So it's like, here's all we have. But so what happens when you actually, and I, I mean, this all makes total sense to me and I feel like I try and, and anybody who's invested in this sort of journey is constantly sort of striving for achieving that balance. But like, what happens in that moment? Like, how do you... How do you make the switch so that you actually find that moment to kind of pause and take a step back? Because I think that's the hardest part is actually like, we can talk about it right now and it makes sense. And then when you get into it and you get into that moment, it's just like, it can feel so overwhelming. Yes. So there's a couple of techniques throughout part one, when I call the stumbling block detox, which is the, it was the way that I started to pause and find the story I was telling myself. And that was the game changer. I started to understand what a story was and what I was telling myself versus what the reality was. So I talk about that. I talking about the I talk about the letting go technique. So these are real tools that I have used um, with people I've worked with. So I think that plus the combination with foods and certain recipes. For instance, I talk about ginger as well. When we're up here, let's say we're taught we're in body shame mode. Does this oh. end well? Beating ourselves. <laughs> Better end well. I love the ginger. No, no, no. Ginger is not (laughs) aggravating the way I did the garlic car. But let's say we're up here all the time. It's mine, 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 mine. Certain energy, certain foods like ginger, you put it in, you get warm, right? It, 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 It enhances your metabolism and your circulation. So let's say you're in the middle of a mess or you're in the middle of a stressful time. Something as simple as making yourself hot water with lemon and ginger tea and doing some of these techniques together. There's a physical aspect of dropping deeper into your body. And I'm not saying, you know, these techniques are things that 
patterns we have to break. It does take time. Yeah. But I think also reframing things. Um, I was working with with some people this morning. But amazing. It was this uh, another show I was on with these four millennial hosts and we were talking about and versus or. I literally saw their shoulders go down. So they're like, I never thought about that. I never thought about and versus or. So sometimes we're all different. It could be a perspective. It could mm-hmm. be a technique. It could be a, you know the morning practice we talk about. So you're more anchored before you go into the messy mm-hmm. kids and life and the foods. I mean, it's many different things, but there's oh, a lot of boy. tools. I think it's important to No onions explore. in the morning. <laughs> no, my thing. So my like in the moment sort of mantra that I've adopted recently. Do tell. I will. Okay. For the stressful situation is there are no stressful situations. I mean, literally when shit's like on fire and like kids are like pulling me and like (laughs) food's flying and I'm like, I'm late. I mean, it's like, there are no stressful situations. There are only stressful reactions. Yeah, it's true. And that is how we reframe things. It like snaps me out of it every single time. That's right. And I'm like, you know what? Oh, and it empowers me. And I'm like, I don't have to respond that way. I can just like remove myself just one step and say like, Okay, that's happening over there. And like, it's probably not going to be any different tomorrow. So like, it's that, what the hell am I stressing out about? Get on the bus. Like, just, it's all about my reaction. It's, it doesn't it's, have to it's be all, stressful. It's all patterns, right? It's yeah. all like what we're used to doing. If we're used to reacting, we're used to thinking it has to be a certain way. It has to go a certain way. It's so yeah. stressful. Just like when we look in the mirror, if it's a pattern to look in and try and pick at every flaw and look at how this looks and this looks, or we could say, oh, what's one thing I actually do like? Yeah. My eyes right. look good. I'm having a good hair day. Whatever it is, it's just retraining ourselves, And I think we lose sight of how powerful we are. Yeah. We are we are the masters of our mind, not the other way around. And we live more from this heart space and connection. The mind starts to serve the heart, not the other way. Yeah. So, well, and I think going back journey. to what you said about the story that you tell yourself, I think that's such a powerful concept. I feel like this is something that for me certainly it's it's kind of a, a new concept and again, it's it's common sense, but it's really just hearing it yes. said a different way. Yes. But that whole idea of like, if you keep telling yourself, I mean, I feel like I have this conversation like my mother all the time. Like if you keep telling yourself you're afraid of change, then you are afraid of change. Yes. But if you try to kind of repeat a different mantra, like, oh, I can handle this. You know, even if you don't believe it, eventually... Like we have some examples right now in our culture of people who just say a thing until it becomes true, right? Oh, oh. So, right. Well, there's, you know? there's the, the research in actually Beauty Detox Foods that that was, um, there's one study with, with um, cleaning a, a cleaning crew and they told half the crew, this is really great exercise. Mm-hmm. And then the half, the other half of the crew, they didn't say that to. And they were doing the same work. And the half of the, the half of the crew that was told, like, this is great exercise, they measured all their, their, their weight, their blood pressure levels, their biomarkers, and everything went down. Because mm-hmm. they told themselves, oh, it's great exercise. So they told themselves right. that. Mm-hmm. So it's again, so powerful. I just think that we've all lost sight of how powerful we are. And the stories, the beliefs, the things we say, we do create our own reality. I believe that a million percent. So when you start going in and especially like really digging into beliefs that may be so deep in there from our childhood, like really, really old um, beliefs. I know I've explored that myself. Mm-hmm. Then we can start to free up so much energy. It's like the beauty energy I talk about in the Beauty Detox Solution. It's just like an energy bomb, like something that's held down for a while, releases and it's just like more energy comes up. 
Yeah, sometimes it's just so comfortable to like stick with those narrows. Sure. No, it's, it's like so familiar. It's, and it's you're comfortable, like, okay, but then we're yeah. never really free. Right, I know. Things throw us off the triggers, the anger. Yeah. Trapping ourselves. Yeah. No, it's true. Yeah. Boy. You have so much wisdom. <laughs> and you're like 12. <laughs> the journey never ends. If only I told myself while I was bartending that it was just like all a great workout. <laughs> it's like, no, it was, was your amazing. journey to meet me. That's what your story was. Yeah, that's just true. No, that's true. Love. I have another question. Okay. okay. Yeah, <laughs> my shirt. Um, I want to talk about irritable soul syndrome. Oh, yes. Because I just love the sound of this I word. Know. It's just like, it's it looks, so good. It looks it's great. So, good. Um, so one of the biggest questions that we get in the community, hands down, Kaylin can attest to this, is bloating. Bloating. Blo- I mean, I had the worst bloating. Where I, anytime I would go pee, I would take down my pants and there'd be those lines on my stomach. Like literally almost every time I would eat and sometimes in between, it was just this intense bloating to the point where I wasn't really present with whoever I was talking to. It's debilitating. Um, so what is bloating? Bloating is when we don't let go. Uh, the food is is uh, fermenting, it's putrefying, it's sort of sitting, it's stagnating. There isn't a clear passage like a waterfall. So that can happen in our mind as well. Let's say we're, we have, aren't letting go of the story. Oh, I should be this perfect mom. I should have made better food for my family. How, why did I lose my temper? You know, whatever we're not letting go of, I should be doing more. I oh, didn't that do word enough. Should. And I heard somebody say once, don't should all over yourself. That's it. That's it. It's the worst word. <laughs> and the guilt, oh, the guilt that we carry, especially as women. I think it's part of the collective um, feminine to have a lot of guilt. So when we have all that, that we're not letting go of, um, it is like, instead of IBS, I say irritable soul syndrome, we are just manifesting this energy that is taking up so much of our overall energy and it's creating this physical reality where there's research showing not letting go up here does lead to bloating, which to me was a revelation. I tell my clients, you know, get on your SBO probiotics, give up difficult to digest foods like dairy and gluten. But then there was this subset of people that were like, I'm doing all that and I'm still really bloated. And then started to dig in and dig in and talk. And it's just all this incredible tension up here. So when we release... We relax. Same thing with inflammation. Yeah. We're told inflammation is, you know, refined sugar and inflammatory fats and fried fats, all these things, which are, of course, inflammatory, but also this um, anxiety. It's affecting our adrenals, it's affecting our system. And so if we can just relax into ourselves. Right. You think about it. So that breathing exercise, it's all connected, right? So if you can actually mentally relax, you're mentally exhaling the yes. physical part of that is then your diaphragm pushes down and then your organs are all getting massaged and then this There's is more all oxygen flow working yeah mm-hmm. so it's it very much does start from the top it is it's yeah. true and i think again i'll say that we live in a society that doesn't uh, promote that and doesn't we all just want to like see and hold things like here's how much food here's this here's how many um, bar classes i did but this is this is you can't get past this. Yeah. So we either can ignore it and pretend that it doesn't have an effect or we can embrace it and get really empowered. So, Amen. I love it. <laughs> Should we throw it out? Yeah. Okay. I love this peaceful energy. I know. Everybody is like leaning back like in the their couches. chairs and chilling and cozy. So if anyway, people are anybody like, I, I got everything I need. I don't have any questions. But if anybody has any... 
so the question was about CBD and, you know, is it a fad? Is it real? So thank you for the question. There was a podcast we did a while ago with some research, but it's been a while. Um, They're coming out with more and more research. Uh, I will say again, as a student of nutrition and Ayurveda, I am very in awe, completely in respect of the intelligence of plants and the properties that they have. And I think that there are amazing things that they're finding out about CBD specifically, especially with pain management and alternatives to certain pharmaceuticals and just being able to relax instead of going to other means. There's more research. Some of it's preliminary. Um, Some people are uh, more reluctant at this point to really back it. But I'll say what has shown so far, I think is amazing. I think we're just starting to learn about the power of a lot of different plants. And so I... I think there's some great stuff and I hope the research keeps coming out. But I I live in California where um, <laughs> it's everywhere. It's and I I think it would be a different world if um, if it was available to a lot of people. People might, might not be so apt to take um, anti-anxiety medications and sleeping pills, which as we all know are rampant right now and have very serious detrimental long-term effects. So we'll see, but I think there's some amazing things happening with plants for sure. We'll CBD. I mean, I heard something recently about how CBD is, this isn't like a a stat that I can repeat, but um, maybe just more anecdotally that it helps, I think a lot of people who are struggling with alcohol. Yeah, yeah, for Um, sure. And any addiction actually, I've heard. Uh, So So I'm I'm a fan in that way for sure. Right. So how do you stick to your guns when you're getting like menu shamed? In a, in a social setting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So first of all, I would say there's nothing wrong with the times you do want beer and pizza. Sometimes having that is okay. <laughs> I always say 80-20. We strive for sometimes it's not even close to 80, but I don't think it needs to be so rigid. So the times you really want it, But if there's a moment where you want to get the broccoli in the soup and you're not getting it because you're worried about what someone else is saying, that's where I think we would need to shift where you're so connected from this place of, I feel good doing this. And I feel like if you're putting this sort of energy out there with like, am I trying to please other people? Like I'm scared of what they're going to say. That brings in that doubt that brings, that opens the door for that energy to come in. But I've been in that situation many times. And A, I don't make a big deal out of it. B, if anybody asks, I say, you know what? It just feels better to me. I have some digestive stuff going on. Who's going to say anything to that? Right. They don't want to hear any more from Literally. you. Literally. Yeah. So you just are confident. You're clear. And number three, do not judge anyone else. So if you're like, hey, you want to eat those fried buffalo wings? Go for it. I'm cool with my soup. We're talking about other stuff. It doesn't even enter the space. So... I just think you have to be clear when you want to have it and when you don't. And when you don't, when you want to have the broccoli in the soup, you just are confident and you don't make a big deal. And chances are they won't as well. I I would say in the book too, I outlined the morning practice. I'm a huge believer that every morning is a new start. We put a lot of emphasis on New Year's, but actually the sun rises every day. We haven't digested anything yet. So it's an opportunity where we have the most control over our schedule before things get hectic and busy and crazy. So I think if you set yourself up for a little routine in the morning, even if it's just a couple minutes of like we just did breathing, train yourself to do that 
before you go in the jungle of Instagram, of email, of social media. So get into your own body first. Drink hot water with lemon. You could add ginger. You can get in, take your probiotics, have a glowing green smoothie, put some fiber in your system. Make it part of your morning routine is always where I say to start. Mm -hmm. And then the second place I say to start is the other part where we have more control, which is the evening. I mean, with my baby, he's not a baby anymore. He's a toddler. (laughs) I still call him a baby. But with my toddler... Takes me and I have a whole routine. I have to give him a bath. I have to massage him. We read a million books. As adults, we lose sight of that whole come down for our nervous system. So I think. Oh, are you kidding me? Wow, you look amazing. I thought you guys were like buddies. Yeah, exactly. Together. Wow. Well, I would say for for yourself, just having that morning time. Having that evening time, whether um, there's some elixir recipes in here, taking a hot shower, like imagining the energy clearing off you for the day, meditating, reading a hard book, getting off electronics, whatever it is to soothe your system. We are so stressed all the time with all the, I mean, guys, just being here for three days, I said to John, I said, I need to get a massage or something. The lights, the horns, yeah. can they make a law that says, unless you have to honk, please oh, do I think not that honk. Law exists. I think it does matter. <laughs> I think so no I'm super think, good at breaking laws. At the end of the day, we need to soothe our system. I actually, I have a little tip I can offer too that, that's like a really simple, it, it ties into this, but even more tactical. I have like, I know that I have a tendency to get overwhelmed like with work stuff. So when I'm like, so I create a little visual cue for myself. Mm. I literally have a sticker and you guys are going to come away with some stickers, but I have a sticker. I just, I drew a little silver star and I put it right above my desk and that's like a visual cue for me. And when I see that, like I'm looking around, I'm getting overwhelmed, I'm doing what I'm doing. And I look up there, I'm like, oh, that's my cue. That's when I take my breath. Oh, and if awesome. you can put oh, that's those your little, North star. It's, my, it's literally my North star. But you can put those everywhere. That's so beautiful. So like in your baby's room, when you know, you know you're getting like worked up because you're having that moment, you put your little visual cue and it's kind of just a reminder of yes, what I'm doing. Put a bottle of wine just within eyesight <laughs> and be like, I know you're there. I'm going to come back to you. A couple more hours. I, I would also say lastly, like through the day, I'm a huge fan of mini meditations too. Like if you find yourself spinning out of control and then the cravings are starting to come and you find your breath. Caitlin and I do this all the time when we talk. I say, okay, I can hear it in your voice. Let's meditate. Just one minute. Like what, how long do we meditate? Like three minutes or yeah, It was so even. fast. So it just like, just that pause and letting your system reset constantly like this. Like the running, the hustle, just those little breaks make a huge difference. So it could be during your lunch break. You could even do it in the bathroom. You could do it in your car before you drive. I don't know if anybody drives here. I didn't drive here. But anywhere that you get that little bit of space, you could put on a headset if you're in a cubicle, whatever it is, just to like calm down for a moment and breathe. Did you have a question? So the question I'm just going to repeat back is all of these different categories, right? Are you Vedic? 
plant, whatever you want to call sure. it. Um, what are you agreeing with and what are you disagreeing with? Sure. So I've always taken the things that make sense to me and put them in the philosophy. Um, so I'm not, I don't follow all of Ayurveda. I don't eat ghee. Um, I don't practice everything. I have more raw food than Ayurveda would say. Um, they eat a lot of cooked stuff all through the day um, and, and really mostly raw food only in the spring. Um, so I take the parts that make sense. I will say I was I was like Zoe, a raw foodist for three years when I was living here. Actually, not full three yeah, years. And but I lived in the city too. Two years. And you know what? It's cold here. <laughs> and that did not work for me, the energetics of it. I found that I was trying to get more energy and I was trying to get warm. So I was literally starting to binge eat nuts and I started to get heavy and I was starting to feel congested. So I think if you look at the raw food institutes, I think it depends on where you're living. You look at Hippocrates, it's in Southern Florida. You look at Ann Wigmore where I studied, it's in Puerto Rico. You look at Tree of Life, it's in Arizona. They're all in really hot places. So I think there's a time and a place for raw food. I think if it works for your body, great. Um, some people love it. But for me, it was more to kind of cleanse and reset, not necessarily a lifelong practice. Although I do eat cooked and raw now. I eat a lot of raw food, but just not being able to eat soup and anything hot, just it didn't work for yeah. me long-term. So I would say that was a huge one. I think the healing and the grieving process does translate across all areas. Um, and when you guys, and you guys just got the book, but when you get to the food section, you'll see that the foods aren't just about, they're all beautifying, but they're about healing. And I think when we're going in the world and when we're healing from extreme sadness and grief, one of the most important, helpful components of food is fat. Healthy fat is a stabilizer. So it's like, you know, when my mom passed, everything just felt completely out of control. And it, and it was, and, you know, my parents had been married for 40 years, over 40 years. So then my dad moved in with us and like, I was trying to take care of him and Bobby wasn't, I mean, it was crazy. Um, so I ended up eating a lot more fat than I usually do because it made me feel more stable. So a lot of coconut milk, a lot more creaminess, um, a lot of elixirs. I was just inhaling hemp milk. I was having a lot of nuts, a lot of avocados, and I felt that I just needed some stabilization. The other thing that shifted in my life was my, pra my movement practice. I used to do a lot of, uh, I, used, I had a pretty um, intense everyday uh, yoga practice. And when this happened with my mom, I felt that I needed to get grounded. So I actually haven't practiced uh, yoga. I mean, yoga to me is really my meditation, but I haven't done the asanas in almost since she passed. I've done, I do beach walks, barefoot beach walks where I live in Santa Monica because I felt like, where's the ground? Where's up? Where's down? Like I needed to touch earth. So that was a huge shift. I'd been so attached to my practice. And then I was like, this isn't working for me right now. So for some people, yoga helps them get through. I started meditating more, but I needed the earth and I needed more fat. So I needed that grounding. And that really helped me. It helped hold the space for me to get through it. So I think, again, it goes, it, this is such an individual question. And I think that we have to really um, feel our bodies and what feels good to us. I used to run a lot and I hated it. I would stare at how many calories I was burning on the, on the machine. And I was only doing it for that reason. It didn't feel good to me. But then we have our lovely Caitlin who is on the team and she loves running. I mean, I've never seen anybody love running as much as Caitlin. <laughs> 
<laughs> so I think it's very individual. I will say that in Radical Beauty, the, there's a movement section that Deepak and I wrote and it talks about oxidative stress and it talks about you can overtax your body if you're pushing and pushing and punishing your body. Your body will end up expelling more antioxidants you know, faster than your body is able to heal. So there is, there is I think, you can overexert. And I just think we need to keep tuning in. Maybe you do the hit workouts for a season, maybe during your period or during periods of your life, you just want to take a walk and keep tuning in and t- keep listening. It's just like with me with the yoga versus the beach walks. I didn't even, I was so crazy. It didn't occur to me like, oh, maybe I'm going to gain weight or I'm not going to be as, as toned. Um, I, I it was the last thing I was worried about at that moment. But, um, but I think life keeps evolving. And so if you're one day you're like, this doesn't really feel good. I am, I do personally come from a perspective of a little bit more softness and not so much, um, I'm just not drawn to the more intense. But if you have, a, a, your way of di- dispelling stress is that really helps you get it out, then that could be amazing for you too. So there is no bad good. I think it's just about tuning back in always. Yeah. I think I got time for one more. Oh, maybe two more. Oh, two more. Yeah, two more. <laughs> Energy healing is like a whole huge realm. Um, I am a huge fan of Reiki. I'm a level two Reiki practitioner, so I do it to myself all the time. I, I, I would do it for clients. I don't, you know, offer it necessarily publicly, but I'm a huge fan of Reiki because I think it's really intelligent energy coming through. Um, The techniques that I talk about in the book were um, inspired by this energy healer I work with called Laura, Laura Pringle. And sometimes I think if we find someone that we connect with that can help hold the space for us, that can be really helpful. But you have to feel it because there's a lot of people saying, I'm this, I'm that. And it's just like how you, how you feel. Um, so I think that can be really helpful. I'm a huge, huge fan of Tai Chi. It's something I started practicing as well. And there's something about that movement that I feel heals on so many levels. So some of these ancient martial arts, I think are incredible. And, and then there's research about the T cells increase in the, in, the, in the body from people doing Tai Chi. So I'm a huge, um, I'm a huge fan of that. Um, I do like acupuncture. I also love uh, fascia work. If anyone of you guys know mm-hmm. fascia work? Oh, yeah. So um, there's amazing oh, people done. in LA. Um, and there's this amazing book, this New York Times bestseller that came out called Your Body Keeps the Score. It's about that trauma in your body. So I think body work should be paired, you know, whether it's acupuncture or fascial points. So basically the fascia runs through every part of your body. It runs like through your muscles and your cells like and your it's GI like tract. Skin. Yes. They, 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 um, they say it's like a quartz crystal inside your body. So when you, re- they, it really hurts. The one I did. Oh, they really? will hold it and it will release all this stored energy. And I think especially if there's trauma, if there's grief, if there's healing, if there's old belief patterns, working with a body can also be a game changer. So you should listen to that podcast. I, I can't remember his last name right now, but it's called It's Human Garage in LA and they may have some stuff out here too. So please read the book. Let me know what you think. If you need more support, you can write to us and I, I'm there, I'm doing the lives and I also have a podcast answering questions from you guys. So thank, thank you and you. lots of love. Thank you all so right. much. And thank you guys all for being here. Yeah. And thank you to Lululemon and Hub yes. 17 team. This has been thank so you. fantastic. Um, thank you all. Yay. <laughs> Thanks for listening to HTW. If you like what you hear, please 
subscribe, and make sure and rate us on iTunes. You can even give us five whole stars if you think we deserve it. If you have ideas for guests or topics, you can call our 1-800 number. Yes, we have a 1-800 number at 800-674-1839 or holler at us on social at HTW Podcast. You can also head to our website at hgwpodcast.com for more episode info and check out our Daily Blend blog to see what we're drinking.